welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. We wanted to have Matthew Kinnon, but he's not available, so we've got Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Just like that. I'm back. Yeah, you're not getting rid of me. It is, I tell you what, it's been a good overnight stage. Ooh, First yeah. stage in the Pyrenees. It gave us a lot, and I sort of didn't expect it to give us that much. I was happy with just a, you know, a little sprinkle of excitement. It gave us a lot. Absolutely, and then uh, yes, Kino was really good yesterday. Mm. I thought, oh, maybe we can do the old switcheroo, but you don't look. The same. <laughs> I got no, 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 no. I pushed him into the comms booth. Forget it. Forget it. This is my this is my little domain here. This is your patch. Mm. Uh, so you are right. The Pyrenees have delivered already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take us through what was the expectation that we probably had. Just landing, you, we knew the Pyrenees were looming. Then we get it, and then that delivered. It, it did deliver. So what we expected was the general classification to break up, split up. It did, but there was a few casualties along the way that we didn't expect. Noted, Pino, sorry to rub this in, Christophe. And, of course, <laughs> Julian Alaphilippe, he was my tip for the stage. So two big players lost time, but then a couple of plan Bs from two of the biggest teams that we've been talking about, Yamba Visma, Ineos, also had their plan Bs lose time. Dumoulin, Catapaz, Richie Port, though, he bounced back as well. So, so much. And that's just a smattering of what happened, yeah. isn't it? There's uh, more talking points. And and what it does tell us, everyone, Couch Peloton, the next week and a half, two weeks, this race can still turn on its head three or four more times. And I believe it will. Absolutely. And then uh, I think the warning sign is that we haven't seen anything yet. Mm. You know, if, if we look at the sign of 2020, but just look at the sign yeah. of this first week of riding, we've seen everything. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at just, uh, let's talk about Pinot first uh, before we go through the, uh, the classification. That was heartbreaking. And not only because I'm French, uh, Pinot, you could see on his face, he was struggling. It was heartbreaking, not as much as last year. Last year was really heartbreaking because I truly felt he was the one and only big challenger to Egan Bernal. And, and obviously that injury he had, it was a mysterious injury. This year, we know from his crash on stage one, well, we didn't know that he was still suffering the effects. He made the crosswinds. His team did everything right. You mentioned it to me just before we came to air. Isn't it amazing that last year, they, that's where they faltered, the only place they faltered. This year, they got it right. So we thought Pino was on, and then he just dramatically gets dropped on the second climb of the day and loses 10, 11 minutes. So it was race over for him. G GC is over, and I'm almost predicting he won't make it to Paris. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. And and also, it was said on the French TV, two points. Uh, first of all, Marc Madiot, the, the DS, said, look, they've been trying to hide the back problem for a few days, but there's at some point on the tour, you can't hide anymore. Nah. And the Pyrenees is a place where you can't hide anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, uh, since the crash in Nice, so remember he crashed on day one in Nice. He got hit in the back. So actually hit at the back, in the back, literally. He was having three hours every day of treatment, three hours every day mm. on his back. Mm. So we know it's a serious injury. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Pino doesn't lose ten minutes like that yeah. when when he's in good legs, in good form. So and he he has been in good form. He's you know he's done well to hold GC to this point because it's been a tough opening week as we know. So yeah, disappointing. But I tell you what, we talk about the French, the two big big guns that we've been talking about, Pino and Alaphilippe. But it's not over. Actually, yet. before we go to yeah. this, let's talk about Alaphilippe. Yeah. We just want to touch on Alaphilippe. My theory was wrong. I was wrong yeah. when I said he was going to just keep a little bit under the pedal and then go for GC. I Can think I I'm wrong. that moment? Oh, I'm, am I wrong? You or just no? said it four times. <laughs> this is great. I've gone I know, I know. I admit <laughs> I was wrong. I don't think now, uh, it's not, I don't think the facts are here. Alaphilippe is not riding G- Oh, is he? No, we didn't expect him to. I didn't expect him to explode the way he did. No. And and the precursor was that big attack. And Matty, so, Bridie, and Robbie got excited by it. We all did, thinking, here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, my tip, he's on. I'm going to win the stage. It's got to be said, Ala Philippe was his tip in the competition, yes. in the SBS competition I've yesterday. Twice now. I've bummed out twice. Yeah. Just like Ala Philippe, my, my GC chances are done. I'm going for stages. I thought you side. were the uh, ultimate analyst. And yeah. I thought you paid for. Oh, and, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the game's up, pal. I'm waiting for the hook to drag yeah. me off stage. Uh, before we drill into the, the all the hopes and the people, there's still people very, the, the GC is very close, very, yes. very close. Yep. Uh, let's listen to uh, Adam Yates. Uh, he's still in yellow. And is it surprising or not? We'll have a chat about this. Mm. Adam Yates. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, right at the bottom of the last climb there, Dumoulin, he set a ferocious pace, you know, and I just couldn't hold the wheel. Um, I, I had to ride at my own pace for a little bit, um, sort of, you know, collect collect myself, and then, uh, you know, claw my way back, and over the top, I managed to stay with, with the guys, so, uh, like I said before, all in all, good day. But does a day like this change your objectives, honestly? Um, I think we'll see. I mean, tomorrow is a very, very similar stage, so uh, if we can hold on for another day, day after that's, uh, you know, the rest day, so... Uh, Hopefully we can uh, hold on to that until then, and then uh, you, you, who knows what's going to happen. That was Adam Yates. So uh, Adam Yates, uh, first of all, I, it's hard for me to understand, and with the mask, it's even <laughs> yeah, harder. You say that. And I and I lived in Yorkshire. <laughs> we did that, yeah. We did the subtitles. Yeah. Uh, but fair question from uh, Piquet, which yes, I think is this question that everybody has. Yeah. Seriously, are they aiming at GC or not? They're thinking, of course they are. Of course they are. He's in yellow. We're, we're almost at the first rest day. And he says, oh, I don't know, we'll see. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Try and try and keep the lid on it. Try and play it down a little bit as much as possible. But then it, there comes a point where Matt White's and, and the, you know, the, the, the director of sport ifs and the, and the skill set within that management team, they will say, mate, we can win this bike race. Yeah. You've got to, you know, believe in yourself. You've got to have belief. Chavez will be there in support. They've actually got a good team to support him. Uh, it's isn't it ironic? I said it last night on the on the broadcast that uh, they they, you know, the start of the year, Mitchelton looked like it was going to almost fold or at least change hands to become a Spanish team. Rumored Spanish sponsor, Jerry Ryan was going to pull out. You know, things looked like it was unraveling. Got back on track. Jerry Ryan said, right, that's it. No, nope, I've got to, I've got to commit. I am committing. I've put my word to it. Suddenly they're all reinvigorated as a team. Now they're leading the Tour de France. And who knows, in four or five days' time, we might be talking about the battle of an Australian registered team fighting out to win this race. Yeah. Uh, and you know I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, you got another Maybe. one? You got another one. <laughs> well, what is it? Yesterday, what is it? yesterday, during the race, while Yates was Hanging out very well, 
they sneakily went and changed their logo on their Facebook page to a yellow logo. Oh, that's your conspiracy. Yeah. I don't know. Jeez. I don't know. Does that does that stipulate like straight away? You're scraping the barrel. You're scraping the barrel. Maybe yeah, I, yeah, I maybe. saw you and your mate flow. Maybe, maybe. Flow. Yeah, on, on Twitter, you're trading messages. I'm just well, like, what? Maybe, maybe, maybe I work for the wrong media. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm distinct somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you need to go for the fish and chip newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> Other winners and losers of uh, this stage. Uh, let's talk about Yombo Visma. Uh, because, quid of Yombo Visma, what happened yesterday? Uh, Roglic, outright leader. That's that we know. We'll talk about this. But he put the whole team, the whole team on the throttle. And then once he's just at the reach of claiming yellow, he can. He virtually decides not to. I don't know if I if I agree with the decides not to. I think maybe the team, I think the management, and maybe him as well, they're really clued in to what can happen in the last five, six days okay. of this race. They've told Roglic, don't chase Pogacar 100%. Yes, he could be a danger, but remember, he lost a minute 30 with Richie Port in the crosswinds. Let someone else chase, ride conservatively. Remember, this time last year, Egan Bernal was not looking like the favourite to win the race. In fact, he was struggling on the opening mount, sta mount he, stage. Yeah, but Bernal was under number one, though, in this team. Or, you know, we were still questioning. There was, there well, was exactly. a leadership issue. He was under the radar. He was under the radar. So they, what, my point with that is they are super, super. They've got their minds. This is Yumbo Visma. They know what Bernal can do in the third week, deep in the third week. Yeah. And I, I've said from the start that this... Tour de France could resemble something like the Giro d'Italia uh, deep in the third week. The Giro is brutal in the third week. Yeah. And I just think this year's tour, just, and just with everything that's happened in the year 2020, the one that we want to forget, yeah. <laughs> I think that just throws another element into this race. If we look at all the plan Bs as well of teams, Dumoulin for Yombo Visma. Uh, he had to sacrifice. He had to he sacrifice. Had to set Kuss surprisingly sort of got dropped a bit early, didn't he? But yeah. Other plan Bs for Ineos, for Mitchelton Scott as well. They all dropped a little bit. Carapaz, Carapaz Yates. Yet, yep. Not yet. Um, Chavez. Oh, sorry, Chavez. Chavez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. all the plan Bs are now in the same pocket. Mm. In the, can we read anything into this or not? They're plan Bs. Look, I've, I've got notes everywhere wait, wait, here. <laughs> but, but Dumoulin's at about 2 minutes 20, yeah, 2 minutes 12 behind. Chavez, 2.37. They're, they're outside plan Bs. They're yeah. more of a... A, an escapeway, a breakaway that gets, you know, five minutes up the road, the teams have a Mexican standoff, nobody wants to chase, and suddenly someone like Dumoulin catapults himself into the yellow, or Chavez does. But that's a real outside chance now. They will start to play the real super domestique role, I think. That pecking order is sorted out. But it makes it interesting. Yep. This makes it, it gives it another element, you know, and Carapaz, just remembering the fashion that he won the Giro d'Italia a couple of years ago, that was... That was absolute masterstroke from Moby Star, and they will have Catapaz as well, uh, Ineos. Absolutely. Uh, one of the reasons why, actually, we can't show you any footage of this is because although SBS is the right holders, we are the right holders for Australia. Uh, and I just bring this in because we got Steve Beatty here setting us, loving the world, guys. I'm watching from Nepal. So, ah. uh, so. Good, good on you, uh, Steve. Uh, so this is why we are watched from all over the world. This is why you can't see any actual footage of the actual race on this podcast. Yeah, because, if, for example, people can watch this in France, but, of course, France, too, have the rights of the race there or anywhere else in the world. So there you go. But we prefer to go global. Share yeah. the love. We want yeah, to share, no, the, share love. the love. That's Let's talk cycling. Yeah. Uh, there was a winner to that stage. We didn't speak about him. Uh, I know, Peters, I know. Yep, Peters, yep. Uh, let's put this into context. 
First Giro, he wins the stage. First Tour de France, he wins the stage. What do you make of him? He's not. He, yeah, brilliant, firstly. Short answer, brilliant, uh, yesterday. He doesn't look, you know, uh, super on the bike. He's, yeah. he's, he hasn't got a bad style, but he hasn't got an incredible sort of style, like, say, Walt Van Aert or even Tom Dumoulin, guys like that. But he knows how to get the job done. Yeah. And and the guys in the breakaway with him, there were no slouches. Il Zakarin. Although Zacharin, I tell you what, he's in the simbing for his descending stills. Stills. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was terrible. It's actually probably the worst I've seen Zacharin descend. He was, yeah, it, that it was, was B grade. It was B grade. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one last uh, mention on that particular stage. Actually, not two last mentions. But first of all, uh, intermediate sprint Sagan for the thirteenth uh, place. He didn't go in battle for Bennett. Mm. Is he liking the speed, or is he having? You know, is he smarter on the race? He's choosing his battles. He's yeah. won seven greens. He knows he knows how to get the job done in the green. We know that. He's done it seven times. Yeah, Bennett Bennett is probably saying, right, I'll jag easy points where I can. Fair call. Be careful, though, Sammy Boy, because it could come back to bite you later on. Yeah, so do you think there's other opportunities, but he's really threading on a on a very thin thread? Well, so why sprint for 13th it. place? Yeah. You know, where, where, if you think, gee, it's going to be a massive battle, and if I try and challenge Bennett, we're going to sprint full gas 200 metres out. I've got to use up maybe two of my teammates. Not worth it. I'll, you know, fight, live to fight another day. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last person we need to mention on that stage, Pogacar. Yeah. How amazing was Pogacar yesterday? He's 21 years of age. We keep reminding all of you, and we keep reminding ourselves, in fact, don't we? 21 years of age. He is a dynamite attacked three times on that final climb. Uh, Roglic followed him the first time, second, third time, third time no one followed. And that's when I started to think there's a couple of kinks in the armour, not just of Roglic, but maybe of the few of the hopefuls. Yes, yeah, very interesting. Let's uh, listen to uh, Pogacar uh, straight after uh, the stage. Uh, today I felt really good. Uh, I saw the opportunity on the last climb. And uh, yeah, I go full gas to the top, so I get the gap. Uh, on the descent was just... Uh, straight downhill so yeah um, I lost some time in descent probably because yeah, I was alone but then uh, yeah 40 seconds was a really good uh, day for me today uh, tour is not finished I think I just uh, just started the tour is not finished the tour has just started uh, incredible attitude from uh, Tadej Pogacar yeah, he's no fear he's your classic he's your classic sort of 21 year old first tour to France <laughs> taking each day as it comes, not overawed by the, the the guys he's up against. He shouldn't be. He blasted half of them in yeah. the Vuelta last year with his three stage wins and podium. So the one to watch. Don't don't be surprised <laughs> by anything he does in the next ten days. Absolutely. And then before we uh, are joined by uh, Bridie O'Donnell uh, in this podcast, she's in the waiting room uh, once again making herself a coffee. <laughs> We're sorry we can't uh, distribute coffee to everyone, but uh, we'll talk all about this with Bridie in a second. Richie, good How day. Go? Good day. He's got a spring in his step. He's got a new baby, Eloise. So congratulations to Gemma and Richie. And over, over well, in the last 48 hours, gave yeah. birth to a beautiful baby girl. So, look, I was critical of him 24 hours ago, and I, I still am because and because he missed that split in the crosswind. But you know what? Put it in perspective. And I think that's what he's doing. And he, and he, he wore that. He said, you know what? I made a big error. I, I should have been more attentive, should have been at the front. He wasn't. He's moved on. That's what you've got to do. And he bounced back. 
brilliantly yesterday, I thought. Hey, let's yeah. listen to him. Yeah. Didn't have the best of legs, but obviously now I'm on GC, uh, a little bit of breathing space, so it's nice to at least do something, but it was great to see Tom's He's second on the stage today. He's one of the guys that really gets in and helps. I mean, we didn't go so hard on the first climb, but it's a hard day, no matter how hard you ride. Um, so to be the favorites on the finish line. There we go. A good feeling for uh, Richie. Uh, we'll talk actually about Richie uh, towards the back of this podcast mm -hmm. uh, because there's a very important point of this Tour de France uh, coming up. Or maybe it's just us, the journalists, making this point. Uh, maybe not him. We'll uh, have a look at uh, the stage coming up tonight. Uh, but we said she was going to come uh, to the podcast and she is uh, with us. This is uh, Bridie O'Donnell joining us. How are you, uh, Bridie? I feel so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> how, how are you going it's not what we expected is it Bridie and for you I'm, I've got to say I feel a little bit for you your first tour and we've had to do it from back here in Melbourne but how's it been oh it's been fascinating I'm loving it you don't you're not tired when you're commentating a race till one in the morning uh, it's the next day where you think whoa a bit dusty and I can't think it's not for a good reason not for a party reason um but it's it's been really terrific to be able to see the whole stage from the beginning to end. Um, you see how those breaks are established. You, you get to see way more of the riders. Um, and then, of course, to get the insights from Robbie and from Matt and to even follow the social media and some of the things that the riders are saying during and before the race, um, I'm feeling much more immersed than ever before. In a way, it's hard to even follow other news. I know there's some big news happening today in Victoria. We know you, you're a doctor, so you're also very interested in this. But once you put your head in the Tour de France, it's hard to look anywhere else. Well, there's news of the race, but there's, of course, news of, of politics within teams or why did he respond that way or what's happening with Thibaut Pinot and why does the whole team go back and ride around him like they're a battalion you know protecting him from the universe um so there's there's so much other stuff happening around the race that isn't just about who's in the yellow jersey were you um were you surprised last night we had a we had a few curveballs didn't we in that stage you mentioned pino but for the opening stage the real opening mountain stage in the pyrenees did it surprise you at all or did you expect that to unfold a couple of things surprised me. The first one was Sagan was obviously intent on getting a couple more sprint points, and yet when he and Sam Bennett and Cocard were sort of battling it out for 14th place, Sagan didn't look great. Uh, then I was interested to see Jumbo Visma absolutely driving up the Col de Perissud and, and the Col de Valais when there was already 10 minutes up the road, and I don't know if they were getting word like, let's see if we can do some damage to Yates. I know Valverde was dropped um, Miguel Angel Lopez, but I just felt like that was a lot of effort, particularly by Van, well, Bernard, who we know is superhuman. Um, but I was also really impressed with Pogacar, like everybody else. I mean, he's moved up seven more places. He made up 40-something seconds on that deficit. And as he just showed in that little clip, he feels fine. He feels so strong. <laughs> He's not bad, is he? For a 21-year-old, I call him the upstart, and I say it in a cheeky way. He he is good. I've got a question, actually, because yeah, we got okay. we got a question from a uh, from the audience. And if you guys are, are willing to put some comments or ask questions to either Bridie or Maka or myself, I don't know why you would ask me a question, but anyway, uh, you can still put question uh, in the comment box. And then there's one here uh, coming here, which is directed to Maka, but I'll open it to, to you two guys. Uh, who do you predict to create 
pretty basically AVOC in a, in a third week? Because you mentioned the third week, it's going to be hard for everyone. But what do you actually what do you guys see? Well, I'll I'll, I'll answer it with a question for you, Bridey, and and my own answer. I don't know which I love. I love the fact that I don't know what's going to happen in the third week. And I think I said from the start, I've always believed the third week will turn on its head, like what we've seen in the Giro d'Italia in the past. How, how do you see it? I totally agree in that I don't know. But what I do know is that Pogacar rode the fastest time up the Col de Perissou than we've seen in the last 34 years. Uh, 45 seconds faster than Vinokurov in 1986. Uh, wow. Wow. Know- we could they could be approaching um, this race as though they don't know how long it's going to last for. I mean, as a doctor, I'm gobsmacked that they're not testing them until tomorrow, the first rest day. Uh, we don't know what the outcome of that will be. We don't know what the outcome of uh, what happens if a number of teams are ejected from the race. Will the race continue? Um, but I also think that because we're seeing all this uncertainty, um, some of the scripts that we, we would normally imagine to happen, like uh, the day of the, where everyone just rode together for 172 kilometres and Thomas again said, yeah, leading the break for 172K, um, or, or the demolition by Bora Hunsgrove, that's what's making this race so exciting. They have had, many of them have had four months of no racing. So Sagan's probably going to come into form in week three. Bernal will probably come into a bit more form for week three. He's got way more scrutiny this year than he had last year when he went on to win. So, And then Roglic is just everyone's talking about how good he looks and how easy he's making this, even though we thought he had this hematoma from the Dauphiné. So um, that's a long answer. But I just, I'm really excited. And, and Roglic is right and Pogacar's right. It's not over yet. You've you no, know, I'll tell you what, long answer, but a good answer because you've nailed it. And and there's so many talking points. What about Richie? Can Richie can Richie still make podium? He bounced back, I thought, overnight really strongly. And like we say, long way to go. What what do you think? I think that he can. I mean, he moved up seven places yesterday. He looked in that interview we saw yesterday when he was telling us about the birth of his daughter, he looked like the way riders do where they're they're conflicted. They they could be somewhere really important with their family. They're, they are here somewhere very important for their job and for their career. That's a really hard place to be in. And you've got to feel for any elite athlete who's missing something important, a funeral, a birth. You know, people in Melbourne have missed out on major stuff because of events in the last few months. But I reckon now he will actually start settling into the purpose. He, he won't be worried about Gemma anymore. He's got a healthy baby daughter. The team is all around him. Guys like Mads Peterson just do anything he needs. And he looks relaxed now. I think you're right. And I'm I'm excited. I suspect, though, he's going to be more likely to be a stage win guy or, mm. or maybe get fifth or sixth. Um, not because I don't have confidence in Richie. I just don't see the same scintillating form as we see with some of the other riders. Yeah. Okay. We've got a question here from uh, Jean-Pierre. Could everything play on on state 20, the time trial? Is this where is it going to happen? Do we want this to happen? Like, it's like the 1989 drama, which you love, <laughs> which I hate and you love. Yeah. <laughs> but not... it's, it's great spectacle. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, Bridie, if you've seen or watched the previous years of Plage de Belfi, but I've been on the mountain obviously a couple of times. It's short, but it's brutal. And stage 20, stage 20, an individual time trial, Surely that is going to that will decide the race. I mean, you could be two minutes down and potentially win the Tour de France, don't you think? 
Absolutely. Tech, uh, equipment will, choice will be imperative, but mindset. We've seen in the past, even if we think about maybe the Alpe d'Huez time trial, uh, Ivan Basso, you know, went into that race thinking, oh, yeah, sure, I could, uh, I can outclimb some of the other hitters. And he just didn't have the same day. We know for some riders, they want a bit of match sprinting on a climb. But then you think about a rider like Paulus, he's been in a break twice. He climbed at his own rhythm yesterday without that up and back changes. So there could be some key climbers that think, I'm going to target that day. Uh, I'll do mm. everything I can to win um, and really shake up the GC. So it's it's a damn cruel way to finish or nearly finish oh. the Tour de France. God, I'm glad it's not us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one of the subjects that comes up a lot is the crowd, the crowd control uh, on the roads of the Tour de France. I mean, you voiced your opinion uh, about, you know, being every year we say they're too close to the riders anyway but in a pandemic year it's actually astonished that uh, they, are, they are still that close what's your view on this and could this actually play out at all on the outcome of the Tour de France because I'm just going to put a comment here the French Prime Minister yesterday was on the race with uh, the race director Christian Prudhomme uh, and he said he was happy with the way the things were going and he said you know he's, he's very happy the way he's controlled and you know, what, what do you keep what, a lid on it? I know. Let's keep a lid on it. Yeah, is it, is, it, is, he, is he actually keeping a lid on it? Everything's fine. <laughs> Look the other way. You've, Look you've the other spent way. enough time in Europe, righty, as, yeah. as much as me over the years. Yeah, and I yeah, don't agree with it that. necessarily. But I found myself, sorry, I'm, I'm interested in your take. I'll let you answer, righty. But I, I must admit, and I hate to admit it, I found myself sort of yelling at the TV a couple of times when there was one individual running beside the rider without a mask on. And I just thought, come on, come on, people. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think because also we haven't seen people in close quarters, we haven't seen spectators at any sporting events in Australia for a long time, I was actually a bit taken aback. And I thought, whoa, I thought we weren't going to see this. I thought we weren't going to see the running beside, the mask-free, the close contact uh, I think also the challenge is, um, again, to talk about transmission of coronavirus, we saw that the recent spike in New Zealand was because freight that had been shipped from Australia was handled by a person in Auckland. So people saying that you can't get it from a spectator standing a metre away screaming, uh, you know, cheering for you without a mask on, uh, we don't know that. So uh, riders will get tested tomorrow. But um, I, what I did like on the second climb, the Col de Belles, is they had some of those yellow wiring it almost looked like an electric fence uh but it was keeping <laughs> some was. separation it may have been yeah don't touch the edge controlled by the police as they go along you know <laughs> right here donald said there was an electric fence halfway <laughs> up the climb <laughs> Thank you, Bridie, for popping into the, the, the podcast. It's always lovely to have you. And then, of course, you'll be uh, live uh, on tonight, I think, 8.30. 8.30, 8.30, yep. Great to see you both. Loving the show. Thank Thanks, you. Uh, Thanks, Thanks Bridie. There you go, Bridie. Awesome. Uh, it's scary, actually, when you honestly detail what's happening in Europe. I don't want to be an alarmist, and I'm actually the first one to defend uh, stuff that is happening in France. But honestly, Prime Minister coming back yesterday and say, it's fine, look the other way. It's a bit, it's a bit <gasps> worrying. I should laugh. I've, it's a bit I mean, worrying. What do we do? What do we do? And if you're on the couch, you're listening with us and you think we don't take it serious, we do. But we've lived this for the whole year, haven't we, all of us? And sometimes it's laugh or cry. And I'm trying to use my own method 
to laugh about it at the moment yeah. because there's actually people you just saying, no, I think we're we're making it up as we go, aren't we? Yeah. Governments around the world are just making it up. Your idea of electric fence is is, is picking up. Like Caroline is saying, yeah, go with that. Uh, so <laughs> I love people it. are crude, hardcore. but hey, why not? <laughs> Caroline, did you say? Yeah, hardcore Caroline. I like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we said there is an important stage happening tonight. You guess what? It's stage eight B happening tonight. So for you, for those of you that are watching this program outside of Australia, uh, there is no stage nine in Australia. There is only a stage eight. We got B. rid of it about four years we, ago. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the reason why is because uh, our dear old uh, Richie Port seems to be uh, find some slippery patch on the roads on every stage nine. So we think it's stage eight. We actually were lucky enough to talk to uh, Richie Port uh, before this Tour de France, and we caught up while he was caught up with him while he was in his lobby in uh, in the hotel. I've asked him the question. Let's have a look what he has to say. It's always hard to mention uh, stage nine with you. So we're going to talk about stage eight B. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, like in Australia, there's no stage nine. We always say stage eight B anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, how do you approach this stage eight B this year? Yeah, look, I mean, I made it through last year. Uh, even when I did the Vuelta in 2018, I ended up um, having a touchdown on stage nine as well. So oh, no. <laughs> really is the black cat for me just to get through that. It's, uh, yeah, look, I think the tour is the tour. It's, if you're not fully focused for, you know, every second of the race, you end up on the ground. Um, it's just one of those typical things, really, isn't it? That, you know, you're going to the hardest, most stressful race of the year and then you've got all these other factors. It's, it's something the tour is great at throwing up. That was uh, Richie Port in the lobby in the hotel before even starting, mm. uh, him starting. You the, had to the... ask that question, didn't you? I, of course you, you have to. Have to but you know up. what? It's not just me. It's everyone on the Catch Peloton uh, mentioning it. there's no stage nine. There's yeah, stage 8B. I'm sure he knows about it. You yeah. know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not inventing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right. You know, uh, I don't think they think this way. Uh, he went through it last year. But do you think it's back of their mind uh, here somewhere? Uh, there's there's got to be a tiny bit. The more it's talked about, there's a tiny bit of it, isn't it? And you just want to get through it. So he'll, he'll but I think that that bogeyman is off his back from from 12 months ago at, yeah. at the very least. So it's completely different circumstances here, and uh, and he'll be just focusing on actually riding as quick as he can up the mountains tonight. Absolutely. Let's have a look at what's coming up tonight on stage eight B. What's the profile, and what do you think about it? Because it's gonna be bestial as well again. Yeah, look, it's deep in the it's deep in the Pyrenees, and uh, know this area well. I've actually ridden around this area a couple of times with tour groups. Uh, the final climb, uh, the Marie Blanc, it's the last four kilometers averages eleven percent average. It's about seven, almost eight kilometers in length at an at an overall average of eight. But that last four kilometers downhill run uh, once again into the finish. So. It's a tough stage. It's not built as tough as yesterday, but there's no always category climb. But I don't think that matters. You know, the the, the accumulation of fatigue throughout the last, throughout the first week, and of course after on the top of yesterday's stage, I think we're going to have a lot of fireworks. I think a breakaway can survive the day again, though. Again, that's going to be interesting because that's be what third day in a row where a breakaway yeah, it's pretty survives. Cool. I love seeing the break survive. Yeah. But you know what I know about this Finnish town, Laurence, Laurence, yeah, Laurence, yeah. Laurence. I remember a couple of years ago we were there and yep. you ran around, you bought your sausage oh, yeah. <laughs> because you look after your papa, your father, who lives up the north in Brittany. Everywhere we go, he buys his sausage song. The problem is you're very kind and generous. So you roll half of it out back in the media truck, in our media truck, 
And so what do I do? I'm slicing off one piece, two piece, three piece, four piece. My arteries are screaming at me to stop. And so by the time I get to Paris, I'm in a world of hurt because I've had that much saucisson. It's so good. It's so good. It's true. It's true. It's true. I do a tour de saucisson for my dad uh, because he's in Brittany. And then it's, it's basically a nice way to go back after the Tour de France when I'm in France and uh, being able to just share that with him. Little saucissons from different uh, parts of the, they, the country. They, they change. You Absolutely. can't buy a saucisson in Laurens, for example. And I didn't know this. You can't get it from the north. You have to buy it from the south. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's, it depends. Different flavors. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know it's just a nice way to travel yeah. uh, without traveling too much. Anyway, uh, is a, a little bit more revealed on yeah, me. You gotta love uh, the Euros. Yeah. I like. That's why I love Europe. I love <laughs> and then you shrug it up. Yeah. Go, yeah. Whatever. You know. <laughs> anyway, last thing. Your orange oh, of jersey course. of the yes. of the of the day. We didn't say at the beginning, but Pogacar for you was yeah. the outright rider jersey, orange jersey of the day. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't win the stage. He attacked three times though. Don't you love when you see that attacking style nature of the GC guys? So he's there was no one else actually to come close. Yeah. Do you think he's likely and potentially could stay on this fake virtual homemade cardboard? Podium. Oh, this state that, of the art. This state of the art podium yeah. uh, that, that I've made for, for a few days. He, I think he could, and I think he could shuffle. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, joining uh, the live broadcast today. Uh, broadcast for the stage starts at 8.30 tonight. Uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website if you want to have it in your earbuds uh, while you go walking or walking the dog or whatever. Uh, from our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. We'll do it all again tomorrow, one o'clock. One o'clock, live, same place, same time. Bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.